So-called honour violence is defined by the Honour-Based Violence Awareness Network as, quote, a phenomenon where a person, most often a woman, is subjected to violence by her collective family or community in order to restore honour, presumed to have been lost through her behaviour, most often through expressions of sexual autonomy, unquote. This type of violence seems to be more common in the Middle East and in countries such as India and Pakistan, although it is thought to be very underreported as not only are the victims usually related to their attacker, but in a lot of these countries, women still don't have many of the rights that most of us take for granted every day. Some of the things that can be seen as dishonourable include choice of job, style of dress, their sexuality, choice of partner, and deviating from what their family, community, and culture may expect of them. Honour-based violence can come in many forms, including forced marriage, abortion, abduction, physical violence, coercing women into completing suicide and honour killings. I would like to add a trigger warning now as today we are going to be discussing two young women who were both victims of honour violence. Let's uncover the murders of Amina and Sarah Saeed. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Uncovered True Crime podcast. My name is Stephanie and each week we uncover a different unsolved true crime case ranging from missing persons, unsolved murders, suspicious deaths and Jane and John Doe's. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and other podcast streaming apps as well as on YouTube. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at uncover underscore pod and on instagram at uncover true crime pod without any further ado let's uncover the murders of amina and sarah saeed yasser abdul saeed was born in sinai egypt on the 27th of january 1957 oldest of five children before immigrating to the united states yasser apparently ran over a co-worker in a fit of rage and killed him his family were said to have quote paid a lot of money to get Yasser out of that, unquote. I don't know any more details about this event or even when it happened, but Yasser moved to America in 1983 and started working as a taxi driver. When he was 29, he met 15-year-old Patricia Owens, a young girl who had previously been romantically involved with his brother Yasim. Yasser told Patricia's father that his family was wealthy and he wanted to marry Patricia and give her a good life. Her father agreed, and despite Patricia still being a child and almost half Yasser's age, they got married and moved to Bradford, Texas. She gave birth to three children, all while still in her teens. Islam was born in 1987, Amina in 1989, and Sarah in 1990. Yasser had another child the year before Islam was born, but nothing else is known about them, and I don't believe Yasser ever had any contact with his child. Islam was said to be socially awkward, and while he was apparently close to his sisters, his aunties would later comment that Amina and Sarah acted differently around him, saying that the minute he walked into the room, they would become very quiet. Yasser and his son had a very good relationship by all accounts, and he treated Islam very well, a lot better than he treated his daughters. Amina was a social butterfly, whereas Sarah was more of a tomboy, and Patricia described her daughters as, quote, daddy's girls, 
which honestly made my jaw drop the first time I heard that and I'm sure you'll understand why the more we progress through this episode. Although Patricia said that Yasar was good to her at first, he would go on to have multiple affairs and was violent towards her. There is a photo of Yasar pointing a gun at Patricia's head and in one interview she said that he made her pose for that photo to remind her of what would happen to her if she ever left him, although on a separate occasion she'd been light of the photo saying that he was just having fun. More disturbingly, there is a photo of Islam at one year old posed with a gun. Patricia claimed not to know about this photo until years after it was taken. Yasser also took home videos and there is one in particular where he is filming Amina and Sarah in their bedroom. In the video, Yasser makes a comment about the girls sleeping fully dressed and you can hear the girls on multiple occasions asking him to stop recording and to leave their room. He then zooms in on their legs and says that they have nice legs and to be honest, the video is just straight up creepy. There's also a video of Amina as a teenager holding a gun and playfully pointing it in Yasar's direction as he is the one filming. The most awful thing about this video to me is that it's likely the gun Amina was holding is the one that would eventually be used to shoot and kill her. While Patricia says Yasar was only violent to her, when Amina was 9 and Sarah was 8, they both accused their father of sexual abuse. They first told their grandmother, who informed Trisha, and CPS, who interviewed the girls and took them to the hospital for a physical examination. The doctor claimed that there was no obvious signs of trauma, but that they were unable to rule out sexual abuse as having occurred. Due to lack of evidence and the girls unwilling to testify, he was never arrested for this, although Patricia left him and moved in with her mother soon after. He made threats towards her family, which she was arrested for, although Patricia took him back and she and her daughters returned to the family home after the girls recanted their story. Patricia's sister Connie says that Amina wrote her a letter saying that her father had abused her and Sarah, but her mum and dad had pressured her into saying that they'd lied. Connie hid the letter in her house and called CPS to inform them of this, although it went missing before Connie was able to show it to authorities. Connie believes that Patricia took the letter although she denies this, stating that she didn't even know the letter existed. Patricia chose not to believe her daughters, saying that Yasser was a good dad. This was not the first time Yasser had been accused of sexual assault. In the documentary Price of Honour, which has been invaluable in my research, Patricia's sister Jill claimed that Yasser raped one of their other sisters, Billy. I don't know how old Billy was or exactly when this happened, but I believe Billy was a minor and she accused him before Amina and Saeed did. The police were never informed as they decided to handle it inside the family. Patricia was very dismissive of this claim when asked about it in the documentary and claims not to know a lot about this allegation. Yasar's abuse didn't stop after the girls recanted their story. It continued well into their teenage years. Yasar would go through the girls' phone, demanding to know who they were talking to and texting. There's another video filmed by Yasar that shows him sitting in his car with Patricia and Amina, videoing Sarah at her job, clearly unhappy that she's being friendly towards customers. When Amina defends her sister, saying it's part of her job, he responds by saying she's in trouble anyway. Given Yasar's abusive and controlling ways, it's not surprising that Amina kept her boyfriend a secret from him. Amina and Joseph met through their love of karate and started dating shortly thereafter. By all accounts, Joseph and Amina's relationship was serious and they even had plans to marry after they graduated high school. 
but Amina knew her dad had other ideas. He would periodically take her to Egypt to meet much older men with the view that one day she would marry one of them. Amina knew this was not the life she wanted and spoke to Joseph and his mother about this on numerous occasions. Here are some extracts from some of the emails she sent them. Quote, He's gonna take me over there and let some guy choose me like I'm a freaking object. I'd give anything just to pick my own husband. I don't want to marry a stranger. I can't. I'm an American. I'm not like them. He was talking to my uncle about bride prices for his daughters and it made me so mad. They are literally selling us. Our parents are telling us who to love and no one is standing up to them." Unquote. Patricia denies that Yasa was trying to get his girls married off, but her sister Jill said that Patricia told her Amina and Zera would have to marry a Muslim man and that they would not be allowed to marry an American. Amina and Joseph would often write each other handwritten notes that they would pass to each other between classes. Yasar found one of these letters in her bedroom and although Amina claimed she had wrote it pretending she had a boyfriend like everyone else, Yasser didn't believe her and moved his family 20 miles away, presumably to try and put an end to their relationship. He took away Amina's phone, but she was still able to email Joseph's mother and told her how miserable she was and how much she still loved Joseph. Amina opened up to Joseph's mother, telling her about all the abuse she'd suffered at the hands of her father. She told her that he would kick her in the stomach and once he'd beaten her so badly that her braces had embedded into her lip. When Patricia was asked about this in the documentary, her response was that Amina never had braces. I get that she probably said this in order to disprove that particular claim, but I think addressing your husband beating your children at all is probably more important. But again, Patricia acts very aloof, saying that he was a good dad. The last time Amina visited Egypt, she asked Joseph's mother, quote, Should I refuse to get on the plane? Like, he can't carry me and force me on. I'm 17. Doesn't the law protect me in any way? I got stoned the last time I went. People literally picked up stones and threw them at me, unquote. Amina did end up going on the trip to Egypt with her father, and little is known about what happened during the trip, but when they eventually did return, Amina told them that her father had hid her passport the minute that they arrived to Egypt. In December 2007, Patricia left Yassar, taking her daughters and two of their friends with them, eventually leasing an apartment in Tulsa, Oklahoma under an assumed name. Patricia called her sister Connie, explaining that she left him because Yassar said he would kill his daughters for dating American boys. Patricia said that she had told her daughters to take their SIM cards out of their phones so Yassar couldn't track them. However, Patricia herself would eventually call Yassar and his brother Yassim anyway. After a few weeks in Tulsa, one of the male friends had to return to Texas due to prior commitments, and Patricia thought it might be a good idea to go back to Texas to visit their family over the holiday period. She promised the girls they wouldn't have to see their father, so they agreed and turned to Texas, but Patricia had lied. She didn't tell the girls until they returned to Texas that she was going back to Yassar. Amina was outraged and refused to return home so she stayed with a friend instead. Patricia called her on numerous occasions, begging her to come home, and she finally agreed to meet her mother in the family home on New Year's Day 2008. Under the guise of being happy to have his two girls back, Yasar said he was going to take the girls out to celebrate. Yasar, Amina and Sarah left in his taxi, and this would be the last time anyone other than Yasar saw the girls alive. Arabic 911, what is your emergency? Hi. 
Sarah called 911 at 7.33pm saying that her dad had shot her, although her and Amina's bodies would not be discovered until a man called authorities around an hour later after finding the girls bleeding in the back of the taxi in a motel parking lot in Irvine, Texas. Sadly, both girls were deceased by the time police arrived. Sarah had been shot nine times and Amina twice. It is thought to have been an honour killing as Yasser thought the girls were too American and hated that they had boyfriends. Many people who kill members of their family in supposed honour killings do so under the guise of religion, particularly Islam. Many Muslim leaders and believers of the faith have affirmed that the Quran in no way condones honour killings and it is more to do with culture than religion. There is no way to justify violence like that and there is nothing honourable about it. It's murder, plain and simple. Police started searching for Yasser immediately, but all attempts to locate him failed. Many, including myself, believe that someone picked him up from the scene and helped him escape. The girls were found in the back of his taxi, so he had no vehicle to drive away in. So it's more than likely that someone picked him up, as I doubt he would have risked walking away from the scene. Also, is it possible that whoever picked him up knew that Yasar had plans to kill his daughters? I know it took an hour for the girls to be found, but I doubt Yasar shot his daughters in the taxi, got out, called someone on the off chance that they'd be able or willing to pick him up, and then hang around the scene waiting for them. This seems to have been much more thought out than that. Also, assuming he was in the taxi when he shot them, he would have had blood on him, yet another reason he wouldn't have left on foot. The Price of Honour documentary speculates that Yasar's brother helped him escape, as he called his brother Mossin right after shooting the girls, and he also called Yasim a few hours later. They are not the only people Yasar contacted, however. He also spoke to Patricia, as phone records show she received an incoming call from him at 9.06pm. Despite this damning evidence, Patricia states that she'd never spoke to Yasar since the murders, although her own family speculates she helped Yasar escape authorities. After police taped off Yasar and Patricia's home in order to search for any clues as to where he might have gone, for some reason that I seriously do not understand, the SWAT team allowed Patricia to enter the house to collect some of her belongings. Connie and Jill claim that Patricia exited the house with a box that her and Yasser often kept important documents in, including their passports, and sure enough, police were unable to locate his, meaning that it is possible she took his passport out of the house and gave it to him to aid in his escape. There's a petition on change.org urging police to arrest Patricia with being an accessory to murder, and I can certainly understand why people believe she is partially responsible for what happened to her daughters. She knew her kids were in danger from Yasar. She told her own family she was scared that he would hurt the girls for having boyfriends, yet she lured them back to Texas under false pretenses anyway. She didn't believe her daughters when they told her that their father had sexually abused him and pressured them into telling CPS and the police that they had made the whole thing up. And despite Yasser having killed her two daughters, Patricia still stands by that he was a good dad. In the documentary, she says, quote, How could I have known he was going to kill them? Unquote. 
when I watched this part of the documentary where she says that, I feel as though she said it in a very casual way. It's really hard for me to put myself in her shoes, however if I was her, I can't imagine the immense guilt I would feel about bringing my daughters back into an abusive household for their father to kill them just hours later. But she sits there, seemingly oblivious to all this, like, oh well it's not my fault, I didn't kill them. She knew her daughters were in danger and she saw the abuse they suffered over the years and still continues to defend him. I understand that she was a victim of his abuse too, but a mother's role is always to protect her children and she knew that coming back to Texas with Amina and Sarah would be putting them in harm's way, but she did it anyway. Islam Saeed is thought to be in Egypt, but his exact whereabouts are unknown. He has publicly pleaded for his dad to turn himself in and said to the media, quote, religion has nothing to do with it and it was very wrong. Islam is not a bad religion, unquote. Chief Larry Boyd from the Texas Police Department said, quote, this homicide is particularly disturbing because the one person who Amina and Sarah Saeed should have been able to look for for protection is the very person we believe took their lives. Yasser Hasid has been on the run since he committed this horrendous act and we will not give up on our quest to bring him in. Unquote. Yasser Abdul Saeed is, as of March 2020, on the FBI's 10 most wanted list and there is currently a $100,000 reward for information directly leading to his arrest. As of March 2020, he would be 63 years old. Police do not have any evidence to show he has left the country and believe he may be hiding in plain sight, possibly as a taxi driver in either New York or North Texas. He is known to frequent Denny's and IHOP restaurants and smokes Marlboro Light cigarettes. When he was last seen, he had salt and pepper hair with a receding hairline, had brown eyes and stood at 6 foot 2 inches tall and weighed 180 pounds. He has a dark brown spot on the lower left hand side of his neck and he is known to wear dark sunglasses frequently even when he is indoors. He usually carries a weapon on his person and should be considered armed and dangerous. If you have any information on his whereabouts, please do not approach or try to apprehend him. Instead, you are urged to call the FBI on 1-800-CALL-FBI, which is 1-800-2255-324. If you are interested in learning more about this case, I would highly recommend watching the Price of Honor documentary, which you can find on YouTube. It has interviews with Patricia, Patricia's sisters, Jill and Connie, as well as Joseph and Joseph's mother, so I would highly recommend watching it. All photos and sources relating to this case and every other case covered on the podcast can be found on our blog at uncoveredtruecrime.blogspot.com. If there are any updates on this case, which I really hope one day there is, I will post them either on my Instagram at UncoveredTrueCrimePod or on Twitter at Uncover underscore pod. That is everything I have for you today. Thank you for listening till the very end and have a good night.